Hi, this is Karina Ganters, host of Behind the Pen, and you're listening to the audio podcast. Enjoy. Big shout out to the Tony Durasso show. He's uh, number one talk show on Voice America. Tony interviews people at the top of their category who shares their advice with you, the audience. It's the ideal podcast for entrepreneurs, small business owners, and would-be entrepreneurs. Elite entrepreneur guests have included Wesley Snipes, you know, the actor. Jack Canefield, uh, Mark Victor Hansen from Chicken Soup of the Soul series. Kevin Harrington, original Shark Tank. Frank uh, Shranksvids from Make-A-Wish Foundation, among others. Now in its seventh season and surpassing 25 million all-time listeners and downloads, it's the idol show to help you take things up another level. The Tony Duras Show is available wherever you listen to podcasts and it's best at tonydurasso.com slash podcast thank you so much for being the sponsor of this show tony so everyone go and check out his show that's uh, tony duraso that's d u r s o dot com slash podcast everyone and welcome to another episode of Behind the Pen. I'm your host, Karina Gantis. I'm an award-winning author of 14 books, award-winning filmmaker, podcaster, YouTuber, booktuber. I host the Author Assist show on the Artist First Radio Network. And I also run Author Assist, which helps uh, with services and lessons to independent authors. Today, my guest is Tony Selimi. I hope I've got that pronounced right. Welcome to the show, Tony. It's a pleasure to be here, Karina. And, and how is your last name pronounced? Selimi. Oh, I did Tony it right. Tony J. Selimi, yes. So where are you from originally? Originally, I was born in Macedonia. Really? Oh, wow. Yes. I thought it might have been Italy. Your, your last name sounds very Italian. Uh, well, I've done my DNA test, and you are quite correct. I have about 4% pure Italian in me, ah. as well as 4% Native American, then wow. Albanian, then... Uh, pretty much mixed Balkan blood. Wow. Is that from your your uh, parents' side of the family, your mum, your dad? I think so. I mean, it's uh, it's incredible what science today does. You know, it just brings people Tell together and makes it. us realise that, you know, we pretty much have things in common, including our DNA. Yeah. I mean, my, my grandpa was from Ireland, so my mum's half Irish, which makes me Irish. My father was from Canada. That makes me Canadian. Um, and my surname, original surname, McDonald, is from Scotland. So, oh, wow. yeah, so I'm a bit of a mix as well. And I haven't even done a DNA test. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
So behind the pen is for anyone who holds a pen. You could be an artist, a writer, a editor, a author, illustrator, a musician. The list goes on. So Tony, what do you use your pen for? Well, I use my pen to write books, nonfiction books, but also to write poems. And also I'm a filmmaker. Oh, wow. Well, let's talk about the filmmaking first. Um, what is it you, you do? Documentaries? Yes. It's basically the last documentary I did. It's called Living My Illusion, The Truth Pads. And it was done in partnership with my clients, where basically we put the camera back and we filmed the journey of my clients going through my transformational work. And it was wow. all about really going behind the, the lens behind the windows of a successful couple who own the business and really what's going on in their relationship and all the lies that uh, we conceal. And uh, sometimes they end up being truth to ourselves without an expert coming from outside and start posing those thousands of questions we're afraid to answer. Wow. And they, they so, agreed to be filmed for that. Yes. I mean, it's basically we all, you know, look at the... Um, uh, the issue out there in the world where so many people are afraid to tell their truth and the impact of uh, telling lies has on our uh, mental well-being and our emotional well-being, our physical well-being, our relationships, the children that you might be bringing up because children will be learning to lie like their parents do. And therefore, what's the impact on them? But also then it comes, it transfers it into society, into business, into well-being uh, of your business, of your organization. And then, you know, when you have a couple who at the core, they are not really transparent with each other, working together to be, uh, build a business, you can imagine the kind of issues that uh, uh, come up with. Wow. So therefore, it was a very interesting project. And we won around 20 global film awards around the world, including in Hollywood, LA, New York, Amsterdam, oh, Nice, Milan, London. <laughs> so, and. Yes, and as a result of that, sort of my filmmaking and my script writing uh, uh, skills starting to be enhanced and really um, because part of me as a speaker also do storytelling and I teach people around that how to tell a great story while they speak and create a TED talk or create a speech for their business or they go out there. So it's one of the things that I do with my clients. As a result of that, I started building those incredible skills and in being able authentically to share somebody's story. And um, from then on, I basically, uh, at the end of last year, when I finished my latest book, The Unpickable Code, I went and I was working with a client in Macedonia uh, because I tend to be, uh, I tend to run these uh, five or 10 day, very, very advanced retreats, custom-made retreats where I pretty much explore everything about the person. And then we come up with a very inspiring vision. As part of that work, I was doing like every night meditation and I really asked the question to myself, what is it I'm really doing for my clients? If I put all of those 30 years of skills that I do in technology, in business, in wealth building, psychology, cognitive behavior, what is at the core of all of that? What do my clients get? And uh, I had this like beam of light surrounding me. And the answer came, I bring them into their divinity. And so therefore I created a new documentary series called Into Your Divinity, which pretty much I take people from a year of transformational coaching and I squeeze their story into an inspiring documentary that can build their brand, 
they can build their product, they can share their story, uh, they can impact um, um, certain people, for instance, if they have a course around specific issue in the society, whether it's education, whether it's uh, women's rights, whether it's uh, LGBT rights, it does not matter. Every human being has a calling inside of them. So as they go through healing process and through that transformation, I create a specific documentary that becomes part of the Into Your Divinity, which means they get not only uh, they change and transform, but uh, pretty much by the time we create their product or build their business or grow their business, they already have uh, a branding behind that because of my documentary going on Amazon, on Netflix, or other places wow. where they can reach out mass market. And uh, I, I was awesome. doing a, a work in LA and I got involved as, as an executive producer of an amazing documentary about uh, uh, illiteracy in America called um, uh, The Truth About Reading with some really famous people. The person has been already on opera show on many different American show and uh, we just finished that filming and now it's part of the editor and the producer to finish off the film. And that most likely is going to be an Emmy award winning documentary. So by end of this year, I might be Emmy award winning filmmaker as well. So I'm My very excited. Gosh, that would be awesome. That trophy behind you, it looks like a BAFTA. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, those are, those are just some of the trophies, by the way. I have many trophies. This is part of the Living My Illusion documentary and also part of my work as a coach. I have many trophies down here. Uh, recently, I just got the Business Coach of the Year in UK. Wow. So Congratulations. Have, have so That's amazing. <laughs> um, my documentary, which um, I did in um, 2020, it's won seven international film festival awards. And uh, that was called um, uh, Coronavirus Expose. And it was when the pan it just been turned into a pandemic and that nobody was really knowing what was going on. You know, we were hearing stuff from the news, but it wasn't being told correctly. So I got in touch with 15 different country um people that lived in these different countries around the world and did Zoom meetings with them to ask them, what is your government doing for you? How are things over there? And um, it was a real eye-opener to, to hear what the difference between the countries and what was happening before this really blew up completely. It was just when they, it turned into a pandemic and they just started the lockdown. So it was... It was uh, it's pretty scary at the time because, it, you know, nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew it was going to get as bad as it did. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, my documentary won uh, some uh, International Film Festival Awards as well. But uh, you are far ahead of me. Thank so nice you. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah. But you you are far ahead of me. You don't just do one thing. You wear so many hats. You, you just uh, you're you're so. Um, professional and um, educated in this training that you're doing with your clients. Where did the thought of wanting to do something like that, where did it start from? Where did the, the, the learning of how to become a specialist like that come from? Since I was a kid, Karina, I had this desire to help people. And uh, it's sort of, I saw how my parents helped the community. I come from a family of restaurateurs. So my parents had a few restaurants around what was back then called former Yugoslavia. 
And also I come from a huge family and in our tradition, it's pretty much you look after the entire family. So I saw my father being the eldest of seven, looking after all his sisters and brothers. And my mom being the youngest of seven, they went into an arranged marriage. And then when she married my dad, his mother died. She inherited six other children. Oh, so she pretty much looked after 12 children, not just six of us, 12 in total. And, you know, I saw my mother working very hard, but at the same time, back then, women had not many rights at all. And they were subjected to abuse, mental, physical, emotional abuse. And despite all of that, my, my mom and my dad remained humbled and continued to help people and continued to really grow. And But also I saw a lot of injustice in the society because my ethnic background is Albanian. And yeah. growing up as an Albanian in a Macedonian community, you pretty much didn't have any rights. You were never made, made you feel like you're enough. You know, you know, jobs such as, you know, prominent jobs such as professors, such as scientists, such as doctors, such as people in the government weren't really there for Albanian people. You had to be Macedonian to get to those jobs. So, you know, I saw all of those inequalities. And in my heart, although, you know, I come from a very mixed family, uh, in my heart, I knew those are injustice, inequalities. It has nothing to do with the God version that people were telling me, regardless of the which religion, because Macedonia had like Orthodox, uh, Catholic, uh, Muslim religion, so yeah. which I respect all. But, you know, people have their own version of that and what that means. And I really simply refused to believe in a God which is so um, discriminatory just because of color, because of religion, because of sexuality, because of you being different from the rest of the community. So, you know, this feeling of not being enough and wanting to learn more about science, more, more about spirituality was with me since the age of six. Wow. And when I was also, you know, subjected to sexual abuse without really realizing what was happening. And then later on, I, I became ill and I ended up in hospital and I almost died at the age of nine. And when I was born, there was this spiritual teacher that my parents uh, used to go to, uh, who basically told them, I'm going to become a master healer. I'm going to go around the world and do all these wonderful things. And then here I'm dying. So my parents took me back to this guy. And apparently this guy said, oh, don't worry. He's just going through a, a big test. He'll be fine. Although the doctors told him that I'm going to, told my parents that I'm going to die. This guy said, no, it's just a test. And six months down the line, you know, while spending a lot of time with me in and out of hospital, but also going in this remote place in Macedonia, he started teaching me about the healing arts and, uh, you know, how to heal my body and, uh, you know, things that the medical side didn't really teach. So I become very curious about understanding science and spirituality. And I wanted to really find an effective path to help people heal and uh, better their lives. But I'm assuming that you couldn't study um, any of that where you were living I mean I assume that you went to another country to do your studying and well your... to start with I stayed in there but I had to study in Macedonian language so you know you uh, you could study but you had to be fully assimilated in another language and uh, me being uh, uh, an academic I had to pretty much hide behind all the bullying I received by becoming one of the best students so, you know, and I finished my high school in Macedonia. Then for the university, I went to Zagreb, which was a whole different experience because Zagreb University back then was one of the top universities in former Yugoslavia studying science and engineering. And I already I wanted to be there. So I, I was selected out of 
thousands of people applying, only 100 students a year can go into that university. And I was fortunate to be number one in there. So as soon as I you know, started experiencing this incredible uh, energy around me, the civil war started. So I was taken from university straight into civil war. So I had another massive life predicament, questioning life, questioning people, questioning God, questioning religion, questioning everything that turned into that a turmoil and war. That must have been terrifying being in the middle of that. Yes, I mean, not just terrifying, you lose fully your identity, you started seeing your family or friends, you know, dying. And, you know, as a, as a country, you know, you're told that, you know, to protect from an outside enemy, but the enemy was within. And, you know, this caused a tremendous, anybody who's been through civil war listening to this podcast, they can understand the, uh, I would say, the terror that happens not only on the outside, but inside of you, that you, you as an 18 years old uh, boy, uh, find it very difficult to understand. Wow. Wow. And I suppose uh, going through that, it made you a stronger person and it opened up your eyes to it a lot more. Um, yes, I mean, my life was saved, Karina, by one of the military commanders, and I was sent to Macedonia. From Macedonia, my mother borrowed some money because back then my dad was in Bosnia. They had no communication because the war was full-blown war by then. You know, we didn't have mobiles. We didn't have all the things we have today we take advantage of. And uh, suddenly I found myself homeless at the age of 19 at the streets of London with no family, no friends. I couldn't even speak English. So, you know, with uh, nobody around me, and that was now going from civil war to another different kind of war inside of me being homeless. So yes, I had to overcome a lot of challenges. And, uh, you know, looking back, and sometimes I look in the mirror at myself and I said, how on earth did you do it? It's, it's your pathway. It was part, like you said, it was all a test. And it uh, led you to what you're on earth to do, to help people. Yes, I, I mean, I, it's yeah. been every, every life challenge, Karina. Uh, I see now how clients from around the world come to me and there's nothing that they will tell me that will shock me. And at the same time, I can provide them solutions, which pretty much will take them 30, 40 years to, to come up with. So, you know, I can squeeze somebody's development for 30 years into three years so that is 27 years of saving and when i ask my clients uh, what's the price for you and they say all oh, priceless you know because you know somebody to be able to take you to that process in an accelerated way so you can grow much faster it truly is a priceless experience so before i started this work i felt i needed to heal myself first before i really go out there and make a difference because that's why while I was working in technology and building my career in uh, technology for almost like 14 years in UK, I did a lot of personal development courses, a lot of healing. I did a lot of training as a healer, as a scientist, as a psychologist, uh, cognitive behavior. And at it, in 2008, 2009, the last financial crisis, big ones we had before COVID, um, really, I stepped back. I was the last one to leave the company I used to work back then, which and the job I used to love and the team I built. And I started reevaluating and saying, how do I merge those two personas inside of me? You know, the scientist, the technologist, and all the person who's 
very successful in the corporate world. And then this persona inside of me, which is the healer inside of me that wanted to help people and heal beyond what their professional demands are. And things that usually in the business world back then, nobody would mention those things. I did. I was always a, a, you know, a thought leader in this uh, uh, field. It took only 10, 15 years down the line that people started bringing mindfulness into business. But mindfulness is just another form of spirituality. So, you know, uh, I wanted to merge this, uh, all this knowledge inside of me and create something powerful. And that's what happened in 2013. I did another MBA kind of course through which um, I actually sit down and wrote my first book. And I wrote the principles, the foundation of my work. And what is it the, that we as people have in common? And what, what are all those life problems that come to us? How come we're not listening to this, uh, this science? And so therefore the methodology after 12 weeks of meditation, eight hours a day meditation came back as the acronym ALARM, which means this divine intelligence that we all have inside of us has this inbuilt alarm that most people don't listen to. And part of that inbuilt alarm is also our intuition, our awareness, our cognition, and all those different mental and emotional faculties that we have, including the soul and the heart that most people have no awareness of. Who am I, you know, at the essence of it? So you say it's 2013 that you did your first book. Uh, I wrote it in 2013. It got published in 2014. It's called A Path to Wisdom, How to Live a Balanced, Healthy and Peaceful Life. And that became almost every year international bestseller in many categories, won many awards. Uh, Also, you know, I think that book has been at least 14 times a bestseller uh, and plus won quite a lot of the awards. You know, it's a it's a, like a life manual that you can open anytime because I wanted to write it in a language that becomes timeless book. So it's, you know, you know, when we look at some of the books out there from different religions, they become timeless. And I wanted to learn from those. So I did also comparative religions and I wanted to understand the style in which they're writing, the energy behind that. What is the energy that becomes timeless? What is those, you know, timeless memories that we create and timeless experiences that no matter a uh, passing time we remember them so that's how i wrote path to wisdom i wrote it as a manual as a as a platform for people to go through that development within themselves to find inner peace Karina, it's just listening to you uh, what i found the most effective for all of my clients and i've done thousands and thousands of people it's the reality of the brain stores all the information mm-hmm. but there are very few experts in the world who truly understand how to heal those experiences and bring them back into equilibrium so your entire body can come back into perfect health. That's where I wanted to write down a path to wisdom for people to have a methodology behind that. But the reality is we always need somebody who's a great mirror to us. Why? Because basically, yes, meditation is good. Yes, listening to books is good. But it's a one-way communication. It's not a two-way thing. A trained ear like myself, I can pick up every energy within the human body and the brain, which is not in balance. And when things are not in balance within the body, the body will come out of balance, which means illness will remain there until those experiences and events comes into balance. So you Meaning do believe when the brain perceives you when do the brain perceives a trauma from. Um, uh, earlier on in life that causes the illness to somebody 
Yes, I mean, but trauma, remember, Karina, uh, trauma has many different forms. It's not one form. And also, it's usually it's a pain and pretty much it's a perceptual uh, uh, thing, which means the way we perceive the situation in the moment when it happens. Because, you know, it's 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 very well, most people tell me, you know, with uh, they perceive their situation. Let's say you come to an awareness of situation which traumatizes you. And then you look at it from this filter. And this filter is now Karina today. Unfortunately, without a trained expert, Karina today cannot heal Karina that was back then. Because you're thinking with this brain. You're not thinking with the Karina's brain in the event when it happened. Mm. A trained professional can ask all the questions you need to ask yourself as, as well as acknowledge everything around that for that situation to come in perfect equanimity. And when it does, pretty much your entire body feels it. I've done this process with my clients so many times that you know now it's become a default for me. Why? Because although most people hire me at a, a different level, because you know that's why I have a strategy sessions with clients, uh, I don't assume anything because each client is unique. Somebody mm-hmm. wants me to make them a billionaire, you know, and then on that journey, we find out he needs a relationship. He needs this. He needs that. Uh, he needs a bit of healing. He needs a, you know, a bit of direction. He wants a bit of training as a speaker. So, you know, that's why I have a strategy session for people to truly understand what is it that you are, you are investing in. Because, you know, uh, uh, investing in a, a coach, mentor, healer, therapist, whatever, it's an investment. You're not it actually was. paying anybody. You're investing yeah. in yourself for you to get the results that you want. So when I go deeper into that, you know, sometimes when I, like, for instance, the Living My Illusion, the company couldn't grow without dealing with all the, all the uh, problems they had in a relationship. So therefore, as we eliminated that, suddenly a whole new vision opened up for both of them. So, you know, uh, uh, sometimes a lot of people spend a lot of time working with people in therapy. You know, therapy can be useful up to a certain point. But at Mm -hmm. some point, you'll say, okay, I want to go beyond. What's beyond therapy? And beyond therapy is transformation. When people, when you take your clients through transformational work, so they don't have to repeat those patterns anymore. Because patterns will repeat until you learn what is it that causes the pattern. So you, you actually interrupt that pattern. So your entire perception, the entire perceptual filters of reality start to change. And then your body feels that, you know, it feels how amazing it feels. And, you know, being healthy. And one of the things, you know, uh, what we discuss is just tiny elements of my uh, uh, experiences in life that for most people will crush them, Karina. Most people will lose their lives. You know, some uh, there was a moment in my life that all of my life troubles turned me to consider to commit suicide because I couldn't cope. And when you overcome all of those things and you've done all this internal work, and I work, I mean, I've worked with every person. I invested a lot of money in healing myself. And, you know, while I believe on one hand, you know, some people say there's nothing to fix or stuff like that. Well, if there isn't, why do you have a problem? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I don't see the human being as broken, but we are evolving. Our experiences evolve. Our our mind evolves. Therefore, with that evolution, there's things we can do to have much smoother experience of life. 
so we can create the outcomes we want being the health being the relationship being the the book that you want to write being the film you want to create being the company you want to produce or the speaker or the scientist the doctor the celebrity who whoever you, you are called to become there's a much more effective and efficient path and this is why i dedicated my life to find those paths and now i teach those into those five or ten day programs with people who love accelerated work because this work is very accelerated and it's priced at a certain level. Why? Because it's taken me 30 years to develop. And it's, usually it's, amazing. it's a priceless work. It's amazing when you, you have, you've got to that stage where you know now that that's what you're supposed to have done, what you've been put on the earth to do. I feel like all everything that I've gone through through my life <clears throat> has led me to um, this moment in time has led me to um, doing my author assist and helping other authors, um, helping people, like you say, uh, doing the podcast, getting your name and your books out there. I feel like that was what I was meant to do. And everything that I've done before then was like a test leading up to where I am yes. now. I, I think one of the things, Karen, I want to uh, encourage you to remain open because, you know, it's uh, when I look at my life 20 years ago, I never imagined I would be doing what I'm doing today. Yeah. I never did. Even if you ask me 10 years ago, it's 2022, 10 years ago, that's 2012. I was working on a massive government project worth almost nine billion pounds, uh, managing that transformational project from a business side of things. I never thought I would jump at that level where I can manage massive teams and work on big government projects. And I never even thought I would have a book. Although back then, my mother always used to believe I would write books. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. That's the plain truth. You know, I wanted to be the best technologist it can be. I wanted to climb the corporate ladder. And I wanted to, you know, after experiencing all of those things back at home, I wanted to really uh, uh, prove that I am enough, that I'm good to make a difference in the world. And mm -hmm. nobody can tell me otherwise. You know, That's if we're all children of God, if we're all same creation, who the who are you to tell another human being you're not good enough? Mm -hmm. I mean, we have this like a virus going around the world, you know, telling uh, people, telling other people you're not good enough for whatever reason, just because you don't like the, uh, the value system that they have, or they believe something different to you, they have different color, they have different sexual preferences like me, whatever it might be. I mean, we all are creation of this intelligent divine creation whether we call it god or universe or whatever you want to call it we still are product of that intelligence and therefore with that intelligence every human being has that intelligence and if we put them through the right tools and expose them to those tools to education to training to equal opportunities people can flourish and therefore humanity can flourish and it's in our interest to treat thy neighbors as we treat ourselves. And every religion says that, but I don't see it in practice anywhere I travel no, around no, the world. No. <laughs> yeah. It comes with restrictions. Yeah. It comes with biases. It doesn't come with wholeheartedness. No, yeah. I don't think we're going to ever get to that stage, unfortunately. So um, what other books uh, have you uh, written and published? So the first one is a path to wisdom, how to live a balanced, healthy, and peaceful life. Uh, the second one, after all the success I created, because I started getting clients from around the world calling me and I started doing this work globally, uh, I saw how loneliness uh, is becoming 
a big, big problem, especially with the evolution of technology. Uh, people have become very lonely. You know, a lot of people have lost all the skills required for you to go and interact with people out there. You know, they're very good on social media, but you meet them in, in public, they don't say two words. Or they're just on their phone, aren't they? On their phone, yes. communication is gone. Exactly. So, and connection, not just communication, is the connection we as human beings human are capable to yeah. have. Human yeah. to human connections. So then I, I, I felt inspired. And also Mother Teresa is from Macedonia. And I remember meeting her when I was a child with my mother. Oh, wow. And yes. So it's basically, and she was big about loneliness. So, you know, in one of my visions, again, I saw the book, uh, Hashtag Loneliness. And it is the first book in the world with a hashtag in front of the book title. <laughs> and I wanted to write... A lot. First and foremost, I wanted to share with the world my own loneliness as I was going through those experiences that created a lot of loneliness inside of me. And then all the clients, <clears throat> but also when I worked in the corporate world, you know, people were lonely. People weren't sharing with each other. You know, sometimes a person from one desk to another desk did not even know the person. They knew nothing about it. You go to the airport, people stop talking to each other. You know, you go into the lounges, you go into a restaurant, children are on their mobile phones and not even talking to their parents. You know, you go socially, people are on their phone trying to communicate with another person who they've never, met, never and met. And they have the people there and there with them not having a conversation. Yeah. Then I wanted to understand the science of loneliness. And when I started really digging deeper and looking at some of the top scientists in the world doing a massive research, that uh, the... Uh, health impact of loneliness, you know, it can change your heart rhythm, it can change your, it can switch on and switch off certain genes. And loneliness is more dangerous than even smoking seven cigarettes a day. Wow. I said, okay, I have to write about loneliness and how to take people from uh, uh, loneliness into connection into oneness. So pretty much it's about hashtag oneness breaking through loneliness, but actually the book is hashtag loneliness the virus of the modern age. And I called it the virus of the modern age because loneliness is now even spread through social media. And we have powerful tool as technology, but unfortunately, if the people are not trained how to use technology, it can uh, uh, backfire them and therefore create even more loneliness. One comment from somebody you never know can impact your mental, emotional well-being and the whole day you might end up being stressed as a result. Yeah. So I wrote down hashtag loneliness as a vehicle, as a tool for people to raise their awareness, but also to raise the awareness of them as a human energy field, meaning everything inside of you gets radiated into collective consciousness and then taking them, giving them a path to actually understand loneliness from an existential point of view when there's a good time to be lonely and not to break, go through that barrier when you pretty much go on the site when loneliness becomes toxic. Yeah. So giving them people an understanding to understand the balance between the two versions of loneliness and also how to create a path, integrative path for you to go into being fully connected as a human being, body, mind, heart, and soul, and pretty much bring them into this oneness of thinking that you are no different to any human being in the world. Well, Tony, it's been absolutely fascinating talking with you. I could I could carry on for hours going through everything. Then I wrote down the next book, and the yeah. next book is called The Unfakeable Code, which is the latest book. No, actually, Fit for Purpose Leadership. 
So after hashtag loneliness, uh, I, I wanted to write down the burnout that people experience in the corporate world, which went into the book called Fit for Purpose Leadership Book Number Three. And then as COVID started, uh, I pretty much, you know, you did the documentary. I actually wrote a book. I started to foresee where this is going to take the world in advance. So I used my foresight to see where this is being developed and what is the problem is going to end up humanity as we go through COVID and as we come outside of COVID. So and one of the big things that also influenced me to look at what happened, for instance, with Brexit, what happened in America with Trump, what happened with like normalizing lies in politics and how- and to you Toxic, know, all toxic. All toxic things and how in today's world we have leaders that uh, separate people. And that's toxic, you know, a leader mm -hmm. to inject like lies for the purpose of yes. divide and conquer and old methodology and thinking of leadership. You know, we need conscious leader, not uh, leaders that turn people against each other. So I wanted to talk about authenticity, Karina, and the importance of authenticity, again, has on us as individuals when we live the walk and we talk the walk and the walk the talk. So I really wanted to talk about the different masks and personas people put also, not only on social media, not only as leaders, business owners, as parents, individuals, and people when we go on a date with somebody, you know, we mm -hmm. just put a, a, a mask just to try to impress somebody. So we develop those different personas within ourselves just to put up uh, with the demands of the external life. So the unfakeable code was uh, um, um, born, which pretty much it's a code that brings people back into authentic living, leading and loving. And How does it take you to, to write these books? Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's the all there one, in your mind. I mean, while you're talking now, it's like you're talking from your book. So how long did it actually take you to, to get it all typed up and into manuscript? Well, I mean, I've developed a process, Karina, which is, again, part of my work now. Now I help other people write books fast. So, for instance, I help my clients uh, uh, pretty much uh, uh, get the first draft in 10 days. And then we do another 10-day workshop. And by the second 10-day uh, uh, workshop, the entire book is done. So if they have I've the time. Processes. Yes, I have creative processes pretty much to extract, to plan the book. Because most people who write books, authors, you know, there's a lot of people out there trying to help you write books. But what I discovered, Karina, nobody is writing for the purpose of helping that individual get what they want. They're just writing it for the sake to have a book and put it out there and say they're an author. But then when I look at their business, when I'm looking at the processes, when I'm looking at the products, none of that is uh, brought together. So it helps the person grow. They're all like individual elements. Like, you know, if you go in the kitchen, you have all the ingredients, but you don't have a cook. You know? <laughs> There's no point having all those ingredients if somebody's not cooking in that kitchen. <laughs> you know, so I wanted to create processes that br bring business, wealth building, service for other people, value, added value with your incredible experience and taking those experiences that become great IP for the person that they can build their business and serve humanity better, more, more effective than they currently do. So as I develop those processes, <clears throat> pretty much now I can write my, my book in 30 days, fully yeah. finished, first draft, cool. gone to the editor. Wonderful. So what are you working on next? Well, after The Unfakeable Code, I also published spiritual poems. 
in a book called Novum Ten. I, I wrote my first 12 poems, but the reality is uh, I'm writing 12 books times 30 poems. That's a separate project that I'm working. I've just given the first 12 poems to the world pretty much in a, in a book or with some of the top authors from Europe come together with their, uh, with their stuff. So at the moment, I'm writing the sixth book called A Path to Excellence. And excellence for me has been something that since I was a kid, I was encouraged, as I said, I lived in a society where people are telling you, you can't be excellent, you can't be great, you can't be this, you can't be that, just because you happen to be born in this family. Well, and you've I proved refused. them all wrong. You've proved them all wrong. I love that. Yeah. I love so that. It's a path to excellence. It's pretty much helping people. Um, I'm giving them another methodology, another tool that they can use to pretty much decide in their life what do they want to excel in. You can be excelling professionally, you can excel at school, you can excel as a parent, you can excel in leadership, you can excel as a politician, as a singer, you could go to AGT factor. But one thing that most people want by, by divine creation for you to bring the best version of you out there. And this best version depends on every soul, on every individual. So excellence is something that <clears throat> it's embedded in our, in our intelligent DNA system. But most people don't know how to help to nurture that excellence so you can continue on your journey to become excellent. You know, you are speaking at the moment. Most people admire me for my clarity of thought and being able to instantly invent a talk without any training. But if you met me 30 years ago, I couldn't even speak English. That's what I call excellence. When you go from not knowing something to mastering yeah. something. It's mastering. Like you say, that's the word. It's mastering it. So, Tony, where can people pick up your books if they're interested to uh, read them? Uh, they can go to my website, tonysalimi.com, and all the links are, are there. For instance, they can connect with me on social media, but also they can buy a signed book, and I do a channeled message for people. All they oh, have to wonderful. do is in the comments in the section of buying the book, give me their birth date and full name, and I spend 15, 20 minutes in meditation, and I uh, channel personal message for them. But they can get them any major bookstores around the world, including on Amazon, the books are freely available on Amazon, also on Kindle and also on audiobooks. I will have your um, website details on uh, the podcast uh, information and um, anybody can uh, go over there and find out more about you, what you do and uh, one, read your wonderful books. It's been a, a delight chatting with you, Tony. Um, I'm going to say I wish you all the best, but you don't need it because you're there, you're doing it. You've done it and you're growing. You're still growing and you're spreading your knowledge around to anyone who needs it. And I think that's just absolutely wonderful. So I wish you all the best uh, with your next book, with your poetry and uh, with your, um, how would you call it, mentoring, uh, counselling. Yeah. <clears throat> it's basically coaching, mentoring and speaking and consulting. There we go. And I wish you all the best with your uh, business. Thank you so, Thank much, you so much for being the guest. Well.